Hello and welcome to the Wednesday Word. My name is Anne Hardy and I'm the Outreach Director for Desert Spring. It is my pleasure to be our podcast host for today. This is a roundtable podcast produced by Desert Spring United Methodist Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Our goal is to discuss our weekly Wednesday devotional with our guests in the hope of refreshing our spirits while learning more about the faith journey of our guests. The devotionals we discuss are related to Sunday's sermon in some way. They could expand on the theme or have a point of view twist, but always will be related to Sunday's sermon. If you missed Sunday's sermon and you want to check that out, please go to Desert Springs website at desertspringchurch.com. It is my pleasure to welcome today's guests. Today we're joined by Katie Beal. Hi all, this is Katie. I am the uh, worship director here and I'm also now the youth director as well and I'm pleased to be here. You're doing a great job. Oh, the youth, you. I hear wonderful things. Yeah, that's yeah, great. it's a fun. They're a fun group, aren't they? It it is fun, and yeah, it's very rewarding. So I'm enjoying good. myself for sure. Good, good. Glad yeah. to hear that. And also with me today is Chris Devereaux. Yes. Hello. Thank you. So I'm the director of technology here at the church. Uh, run the sound booth on Sunday, and this week we get uh, a couple extra services as it's Holy Week. So that's great. Cool. Thank you. Okay. So today's devotional is from written by Pastor David, and um, our scripture is from Romans chapter 14, verse 13. Let us therefore no longer pass judgment on one another, but resolve instead never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of another. Last Sunday, I concluded my series of sermons on Paul's letter to the church in Rome by talking about the end of his letter. In chapter 14, we hear about the reason for division in the church. Christians were disagreeing over whether it was okay to eat meat that had been offered as a sacrifice to pagan gods. In addition, they were disagreeing over the importance of observing Jewish special days. Gentile Christians thought Jewish Christians should think the way they did and vice versa. Of course, Christians don't always think the same. In addition, Jewish Christians found meaning in special days and thought everyone should find meaning in them as well. But Christians don't always find meaning in the same things. So, Chris, can you remember a spiritual experience that was particularly meaningful to you? And what was meaningful about it? Did it change you in any way? For me, um, music is really spiritual. So um, particular services, for instance, Good Friday is a big one for me. Um, I have a really kind of strong spiritual experience with that when I was younger. Um, and then going to Christian concerts when I was younger as well was a, kind of galvanized uh, my, my faith. Um, actually, my first altar call was at a third day and switchfoot concert um, in Tucson. And so I, I like worship services in particular. Those are kind of my go-to during the Christmas season, uh, specifically Easter, that kind of thing. Those are, those are meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. And so you obviously have been changed by those experiences. Yeah, I mean, um, music's always been a big part of my life. I think that's probably from my mom, from Jerry. And um, really kind of evaluating lyrics, um, and what's being said, I think that it's a it's a special way to kind of get across a point. Mm. And so I really identify with that. I get mm. the most emotional when I'm singing. Mm. Um, yeah, really, really strong connection then. Yeah. 
Yeah. What about you, Katie? I, when I see you sing and lead our worship at 11 o'clock, you look to me so joyful and like you are really worshiping in that moment um, and just really having a great time and just using your gifts. I, I get a kick out of watching you sing. And um, unlike Chris, I, I am not particularly moved by music. It's not something that I would say is one of the most worshipful things for me. But I love to watch you sing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I will touch on music. And um, I like what you said, because there, there is a poetry that I feel like um, some people relate to and they hear more than somebody who's just speaking to them um, when there's a song, which is a beautiful aspect. And I think that that can be so meaningful. For me, there's an energy in the room when there's people who feel the same way and they're worshiping in the same way with all of their heart. There's almost like an energy change. And it's it's uh, it's like rattling and it kind of puts goosebumps on your arms. And, and I feel I feel like you can really feel it when there's when there's power moving through, you know, the congregation and, and the people. There's a unity there that is so very special. And, and I think it's electric, you know, mm-hmm. and you really can. And, and those moments are so great uh, for me, too, as well in the music. Mm-hmm. Um, also, something that's very uh, important and then and that has been um, vital to my spiritual journey has been uh, prayer and meditation mm-hmm. and just being quiet. and i've and I've you know seen signs and heard things that have have led to movement in my in my spiritual journey. So for me, that's another aspect of of I guess these are moments that um, were meaningful and 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 that is something that's always very meaningful for me. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, for me, um, I don't know if either one of you were there, but when we consecrated our new sanctuary, that worship service, talk about the Holy Spirit moving in a congregation and through that space. It was amazing. I was bawling. I remember. And yes. I looked around. And I'll bet you half of that room was crying their eyes out. You were not the only one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it was was so meaningful because I knew that the the Holy Spirit had indwelled that space. Yeah. That now we were, it was official. You know, that was the first official ceremony and the Holy Spirit was there and we were good to go and and it was really... um, it was really, we were all blessed by that experience. Yeah. And you could almost feel God saying, this is good. Like there, there's yeah. goodness here. This is, this That's is right. of, of, of me and this is, you know, going to be a powerful space. I agree. That's exactly, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. So for Pastor David, he says he remembers attending an event called Soul Fiesta. Trevor Hudson was the keynote speaker and as he spoke, it was as if he were describing my life and my struggles. Out of that experience, I made the decision to ask my bishop to release me from serving as superintendent and appoint me to serve Desert Spring. The experience was very transforming for me, but not for everyone. I know pastors who attended and shared that they didn't get much out of that event, and that was hard for me to believe. 
Often when a Christian has a meaningful experience, he or she wants others to have the experience as well. The assumption is that if I find something meaningful, it will be meaningful for others. So Katie, have you had the experience um, of a Christian encouraging you to participate in something simply because it had been meaningful for him or her? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Should I? I don't know if I want to go into details because I don't want to put anybody's, you know, things down. Uh, but yes, I mean, my parents um, have participated in certain things that were so meaningful and that I've seen have been meaningful for other people. Uh, but then me experiencing that same thing, I didn't feel that in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even though I wanted to, I tried so hard. I really yeah. tried yeah. for a, a hard, long time to experience it the way that they did and it just it wasn't working out for me yeah yeah what about you Chris for me it was chrysalis um Mm. just just something that I know that people have such a you know an attachment to but it just didn't do it for me it's great for some people but I'm just not that kind of touchy-feely kind of person so it just doesn't get a, a whole lot from me yeah yeah um for me I um when well, this was over 20 years ago, I was leaving the church that I, when I moved to Las Vegas, we went to this, uh, to different denomination. And I felt that God was maybe leading me away from that church. And so I was praying, you've got to send me where you want me. You got to send me where you want me. But in the meantime, I'm church shopping. So I'm going to a lot of different experiences, a lot of different churches. And it was like, Oh, it might be meaningful for the people that are here, but it just didn't, it never felt warm to me or some meaningful for me. And I even went to one charismatic church, not knowing it was charismatic. And I was like, wow, it was like, my mind was blown. I had no idea, um, that people dance that way and stuff. And so I, and obviously it was very meaningful for those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, I don't get it. I did. I I think I got up and left. I just didn't understand what was going on. Mostly, I had that experience as a kid. Uh, my mom used to take me to my birth mom used to take me to. Um, I th- I think it was a four square church. I talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, you know they would speak in tongues, and that also was just like, yeah, know, I don't get this. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> but again, for that. some people, maybe that's an important aspect to their spiritual life. I don't mm-hmm. know. Right, right. But you were expected to find that. Right spiritually meaningful for you. Yeah. 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 So what is meaningful for some may not be meaningful for all. The difference is not a problem unless others are required to participate and expected to have a spiritual experience. The spiritual life doesn't work that way. For this reason, there is a long list of different kinds of spiritual practices. What is a spiritual practice that is especially meaningful for you? And have there been some spiritual practices that were not meaningful for you? Chris? Yeah, for me, it's more and more kind of older hymns. You know, I, I didn't think it would be, but I just love the older they hymns. They are or they're yeah, not? Yeah, oh, they yeah. are. Mm-hmm. You know, I maybe it's like a nostalgia factor, you know, things that I used to sing when I was a kid coming up in church. But um, yeah, that's that's what I like. What about you, Katie? It, what uh, spiritual practices are meaningful to you? Um, I have quite a few. Um, so, like, I touched on, um, like, uh, meditation and prayer. And I think lately I've been doing where I take a moment to really um, clear my mind before I reach out and pray. And that has been a huge game changer for me. 
um, personally, and it's something that I, I feel like I can I can really reach, you know, God when I'm when I'm really focused like that. Whereas sometimes when I just pray, you know, my mind wanders so easily. Um, another thing uh, that I that I find um, impactful is uh, things that are not rehearsed. So like when we do prayers and it's like maybe a popcorn prayer and people are just holding hands and going when they feel led to go and, you know, maybe not saying anything if they don't feel led to say anything. Um, that, that totally makes sense. I feel like I've seen you react to that spontaneity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when things are more like from, from the book being read, um, it doesn't do a whole lot for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like Chris, I feel that uh, worship services are um, a meaningful spiritual practice for me. Um, Bible study um, for many years, um, I was, um, I led our hospitality ministries. And so for me, I think welcoming is, um, is a meaningful practice to me, welcoming the stranger or people who may not be comfortable in the space yet. Um, And I think that translates to online. Part of my duties as outreach director is to be the online host for our um, our Sunday worship services online. And it's it's important for me to, and it's difficult online, to create a welcoming space for people to come into virtually. Right. So creating a virtual welcoming space is especially challenging. Um, well, it's all challenging. But anyway, that's meaningful to me. And it's funny because I think... I think both of you mentioned meditation. Is that correct? Did you? You didn't, Chris? I don't meditate per se, but I agree with Katie. Prayer is important to me. Yeah. Prayer, I find very, um, very meaningful, but not really meditation. Mostly because I can't, like you were saying, my brain is all over the place. I can't, I don't, maybe I just can't slow down long Hmm. enough to meditate. But I can pray because then I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're supposed to be listening to you, right? But... I love that. Everybody's different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so back to Romans. Behind the arguments were questions that Christians have continued to face throughout the centuries. How do we live a Christian life in a broken world? How do we interpret the Bible as we seek to live faithfully? How can we know God's will when facing difficult decisions? Seeking God's will is an important part to the Christian life. So when you're faced with an important decision, how do you try to determine God's will? And when faced with a moral decision, are there principles that help guide you? That's a big one. You know, the first thing I think of is um, there's been a few times where I've been conflicted um, and, and I felt like I received an answer that was clear from God. Um you know, one one is really funny, um, and it, it seems so silly, but it, it's really not for me. I was I was reading through the Old Testament, and I was struggling because, you know, the God of the Old Testament mm-hmm. is not the kindest, and He's not, you know, the most loving, and and you really have to interpret those scriptures in a certain way um, to get something out of it. And I was really struggling with that at the time. Simultaneously, I just had two kids, and I was also struggling with my weight and with feeling just not pretty. Like, I looked in the mirror, and I just did not like what I saw. 
Um, and one time I said a prayer and I said, you know, oh God, like, you know, show me the beauty that you see in me. And instantly, wow. you know, I was, I was at the, in the dressing room actually when I said this prayer and everything I tried on after that, I, like I felt good <laughs> and I felt pretty and it's so silly, but it's really not because it reminded me that a God is a loving God and he cares even about those little things. And that's who he is, you know, and I shouldn't get mixed up in these, you know, these things when, when I know who God is and I've seen who he is. And he reminded me in that moment who he was. Mm. Uh, and there's been another time when I was struggling too with um, kind of what I had always been taught growing up. And, and I felt like I was at a, a point where I was afraid to open up to other possibilities of things. And um, I sat down outside, I meditated, I prayed, and I said, just show me a sign because I'm almost afraid to look at things differently than how I've been taught. There was a fear there. And I know that God is not, is not fear, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I prayed and I, and I, I saw a dragonfly fly, mm. flew by me, but with a butterfly encircling it. Like as it flew. Oh, that's Ooh. wild. The butterfly wow. was encircling. And, and for me, that, that meant um, transformation spiritually, um, you know, sure. because the dragonfly is like the seasons are changing mm-hmm. and the butterfly is a spiritual transformational sign. And, and I felt like God was saying, yes, it's okay. Open up. Yeah. Look at me in another way, you know? And I felt like I was given that permission very clearly. So I don't know if that really, if I kind of went off, if that answers the questions, but prayer so yeah. much. Prayer, you know? solitude. Sounds like you find solitude. meaning and kind of getting away and mm-hmm. nature and, even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you're faced with a moral decision, what are the principles that guide you? Um, you know, just kind of like what I was saying, it's, it's not fear. It's not run by fear and it's not run by harm. You know, I, I, the deciding factors are always, is it love? Mm -hmm. You know, is it goodness? And then even like the scripture from the beginning, is it going to present somebody with a stumbling block? Right. Yeah. What about, what about you, Chris? Well, you know, you've mentioned it quite a bit on the podcast, which is the law of love. And I think that that's kind of, if I'm having a difficult time making a decision keeping God in mind in all those decisions is important um and questioning am I making this decision for me or for God um as long as it's one of the deciding factors I feel like it'll help you make a better decision so keeping that in your mind at all times um has helped me yeah yeah and and both of you I think we're all in agreement in that um what is the law of love say is this is this a loving action toward others? Is it a loving action toward myself? Um, and then when I'm seeking God's will, um, I try to remember to be mindful of maybe those signs, like what you got, Katie. Um, you know, God speaks to people in many, many ways, um, including through each other. God can use this podcast to speak to his children and his people. So you know, just being mindful and aware of the ways in which God can can speak to you. Okay, St. Saint, uh, St. Paul encouraged Christians in Rome to always seek to honor God when taking moral stands, and equally important, to honor God with the attitudes by which they carried out their decision. What does honoring God mean? In the face of serious disagreements between Christians, what does honoring God look like? I had some quick thoughts, um, and maybe this will spark some some ideas in you. Um, 
honoring God to me means just, again, being mindful um, of Jesus in my daily practices, um, you know, striving to love others um, and love God. Um, and when I'm in a disagreement with another Christian, just recognizing that the other person is also um, a child of God and my brother or my sister, and that we serve the same God. So even if we have fundamental disagreements or we're just on each other's nerves, just remembering that we're on the same team. We're pulling the cart the same direction. Um, and so that's how I'm trying to honor God. That's, you know? Yeah, that's great. If you don't have empathy, you know, a disagreement will go nowhere if you can't experience what the other person is experiencing. So I think empathy, like you said, is is a huge factor in dealing with those disagreements. Em- empathy and probably active listening as well so that you can, you know. Yeah. So faced with serious disagreements, Paul also told Christians not to judge each other. As Christians, we make moral judgments all the time. It is part of the Christian life. Unfortunately, when we make moral decisions and other Christians disagree, it's easy to start thinking less of them and to give in to the temptation to judge. Have you experienced Christians judging you? What helps you to not give in to the temptation to judge other people? Katie, you want to? Oh, have I experienced Christians judging me? Oh, yes, 100%. Um, And what was the second question there? What helps you to not give in to the temptation to judge other people? Um, what helps me is is that same thing like you were like you were saying, I think, is um trying to be understanding of what they're going through and then also, you know, having a confidence in myself that, you know, is strong. And and you can't let what they believe, you know, kind of yeah. uh, make me fall, you know. Yeah. I heard recently that and I've heard this before, but it kind of hit different this time. Um, um, I was actually scrolling through my TikTok for you page, and this lady came on and was like, oh, no, it was Reese Witherspoon. That's who it was. And she goes, other people's opinions aren't of you are not your business. It doesn't matter. And I'm like, that, <laughs> that struck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and especially coming from someone in the public eye who is exposed to lots of criticism and lots of judgment. Um, you know, so for her to be especially, um, you know, com- coming out about this this topic was meaningful to me. Definitely. Yeah. I actually have a very close friend who um, does not agree with me on on most matters of faith. And we have a lot of conversations together. And I think the main thing that gets us through it is our love for each other. Like nothing will ever. And we're able to have those conversations and even laugh about it and, you know, bring it up multiple times. And it doesn't, I don't think in either one of us make us upset, but these are like big issues that we both feel very passionately about. But I think that what overcomes that that anger uh, is that we both just love each other and we can leave it where it's at. We don't have to change each other's minds, mm-hmm. even though, you know, I might send her some articles here and there and she might send me back some. And that's fine. But um, I think once it starts to foster negative emotions, when people come be- become so obsessed with their way is the right way, it can be harmful. 
Yeah, and I think I think it's wonderful that you have that open-minded relationship. I think a lot of people do not are not able to be open-minded enough to even hear the opposing side. So I appreciate that you guys can openly discuss your differences. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it seems like you're also willing to accept that the other person has a different opinion and you're not trying to convince the other necessarily that they're wrong per se. (laughs) You know what I mean? Per se. Yeah, absolutely. Like it doesn't bother me personally if they feel that way because it's not really hurting me, um, you know, personally, I still might want to convince them otherwise. Yeah. But I mean, you're committed more to the relationship than you are about their having the same idea that you have. Oh, yes. And that's what obviously keeps it together. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. It is. Right. But you can't do that with everyone. (laughs) No, you sure. (laughs) You really can't. That's a, it's a special, uh, yeah, it's a special relationship, but we should have that type of love for each other because we're all children of God, right? So that, that, that should in the perfect world, we all love each other so much that it doesn't matter. Right. And I think that that's probably what God intends. Yeah. And I think the nature of judging people sometimes in the moment, it can you can make yourself feel better than, but then in the long run, it just feels oogie. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a good long term strategy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. It's not sustainable. No, it just doesn't feel good. Yeah. It's like, oh, I would never be in that situation or whatever. And then it's like, who are you? Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so Pastor David ended his sermon on Sunday by saying that if we ever use the book of Romans to judge other people, we miss the whole point of Paul's letter. Think about that. So David says, God bless you, and I hope to see you soon. It's a wonderful, wonderful devotional by Pastor David. Um, So any final thoughts to wrap this up? Anything you want to bring up? I really liked the Roman series. Um, I hope that our community groups um, have enjoyed it as well, studying mm-hmm. it. Um, and I can't wait till the next sermon series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my my community group has been good. Um, Romans is is dense, sure. um, and so uh, it we've had some meaningful discussions and some things that really we needed to work out as a group. And I think that's wonderful in that dynamic, that group dynamic that mm-hmm. we can, you know, share our opinions and then hear, you know, how somebody else interprets that verse or whatever. It's really, it's a nice way to um, expand your mind a little bit, hear other uh, points of view. Definitely. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spending your time with us. Uh, We'd like to pray that this time has blessed you and refreshed you on your faith journey. I want to thank our guests, Katie and Chris, for sharing part of their faith stories and their thoughts with us. If you're watching the video of this podcast, please know our audio podcast is available to you through SoundCloud, Apple Music, and Spotify. And you can find the devotional in text format along with links to everything else on the website, desertspringchurch.com, as well as our social media. So let's say a quick prayer in closing. Thank you, loving God, for this opportunity to come together and uh, discuss um, major themes that come out of Romans. 
We appreciate David and his uh, devotionals. We appreciate uh, Chris and all of the ways in which he supports our worship and our technology here at the church. We appreciate Katie and her love uh, for you and her God-given talent with that beautiful voice that she has and the joy that she spreads while she's exercising her gifts, her spiritual gifts. Thank you for this audience and for their patience with us and hopefully uh, they've gotten something um, that they can think on and chew on and, and hopefully God you can use the contents of this podcast to help us all um, reach a deeper level with you. In Jesus' name, amen.